Hello and welcome to the Jackass, the Swansea City podcast. I am a very raspy Gitterthwillen, and with me are an extremely hungover Steve Carroll and an absolutely knackered Matt Baraku. How are you guys? Evening, all good. Um, good, apart from that hangover, as you say, and my voice isn't great. Tell you what, winning a derby 3-0, it takes it out to you, doesn't it? I mean... You know, we discussed this match beforehand, what to expect. We had our hopes. We had, you know, your good, your really good and your brilliant scenarios. I'm not sure, Steve, any of us quite anticipated a game like the one we had on Sunday. 3-0 to the Swans. Comprehensive doesn't even begin to describe it. No, it doesn't. Um as you say, really, the, the Derby games, uh, certainly in our lifetime in general, have been close, haven't they? Even if the, sometimes one side has been dominant, there's usually only a goal in it either way. And, um, <coughs> sorry, um, obviously there was the 3-0 in the Prem. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't think we'd win like that yesterday, just because, you know, we obviously we've had our moments this season where we have played well. I think a performance like that yesterday probably had been coming. And you always say, well, it won't come in a derby um, type of thing and we won't win well because of what's, you know, the fact that they, they tend to be close games. But um, obviously it all clicked for us, especially in the second half. And um, yeah, glorious. Can we do it all again? Except for the only problem is if we uh, if we did, it might kill me this time. <laughs> just, uh, Matt, but just looking at the stats, you know, Swans had 12 shots, Cardiff had 10, which... I, I can't remember, I'll be honest, but possession-wise, 74%, pass success rate, 85% for the Swans, 57% for Cardiff. You know, we had five successful dribbles, they had none. We matched them for aerials one, which is absurd, really. I mean, it was just, you know, whichever way you want to measure it, we absolutely battered them. They're an embarrassment, to be honest with you, Gitto. We joked last week on here about um, about them not uh, not managing to get the derbies and stuff like that and saying we could possibly have over 100% possession because they don't even like the shape of a football. It is just... I can't, I can't understand for the life of me how they are so crap. Like, I watched them yesterday and I was just thinking... Imagine having to watch this every week. I mean, that's six defeats on the bounce. Now, we've had far better managers, far, far better managers lose fewer games in a greater style than them who've not made it to the next week. Yet they watch that shit every week and he's lasted six defeats on the bounce. It just baffles me. It is, it, they are absolutely like the antithesis of Swansea they they don't have anything in common with us and it is just hilarious that these derby days come around and they do this seem to just have this complete implosion in them every time and uh they were just they were just hum- humiliating themselves yesterday from you know from the moment that first goal went in there was only one team in it and it just felt like how many it would be um you always wonder with a derby if if it's going to be hit with a sucker punch, but they offer nothing, and you they just have to take a long hard look at where they go from here because that was probably the best derby win in my lifetime. That well, we'll get on to discuss that in a while because there is a bit of this debate about that. We've had a few good ones. I mean, Steve, I'll be honest. In the opening stages, I thought Cardiff were the better team. I thought, you know, their 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 five centre backs, which was, you know, a, 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 an incredible tactic really to employ in a derby. I'll be honest, but you know, they they were keeping it very tight. We had we were, we weren't really getting a sniff of goal. They were actually picking us off, and when you know when we were tu- when they were turning over possession, we did look a little bit fragile at the back, and you know, Kiefer Moore looked quite pumped up. But, you know, as soon as Patterson curled that stunner in via two posts, I mean, there was no looking back, was there? It was just it was just, it was just one-way traffic from then on. Yeah, it was. As you say, I actually thought Cardiff had started better than us. We, we didn't really do a lot, did we, in the um, early stages of the game? And it, it did feel a little bit like um, 
the partisan goal was, you know, our first real threat, I, I would say, and um, that sort of turned, it's <coughs> like uh, um, that sort of turned the game really, didn't it? I mean, um, you know, I think what we saw then, really, from my point of view, <coughs> was a team that were low on confidence, who obviously had um, lost five in a row, and I suppose sometimes, <coughs> wait, your luck is a little bit out in some ways. It's a great hit from Patterson. Obviously, it's hit the post, and then it's hit the other post. And you think when you're on a bit of a bad run, it's typical. That's the type of thing that'll happen, and um, and it'll go in. So, um, you know, I think that's sort of what happened. Their heads seemed to go down, and and after that, as you say, really, it was it was very dominant, especially in the second half, really. So, um, yeah, I, I I was surprised by Cardiff. I I thought they would have, in, in some ways, when you're on a bad run, the derby can be it, it could go one or two ways. Obviously, can't it? I mean, it could be just what you need to try and dig yourself out. Where you think obviously if they were to have beaten us yesterday, then um, the pressure's off the manager and they, it could give you a lift to turn your season kind of thing. But um, obviously the way it turned out it was the last thing they needed because it sort of rammed home their problems and they obviously they've been made to look worse and they've been humiliated, haven't they? Which uh, obviously is glorious from our point of view. So um, yeah, as you say, re- really dominant, really encouraging. Um, and I think we'd be saying that no matter who it was against, but obviously it was against them. So. Uh, that just makes it all the more sweeter, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We'll get on to discuss Cardiff in depth in a bit and, and their problems. Um, I mean, the, the match looked pretty much wrapped up, I felt, Matt, once Piru scored his. And one thing I'll say this season, we are seeing some really nice calls. And Piru was, again, from the, starting off with the keeper, played out wide into the middle where Piru plays the most delicious one-two with Patterson. And uh, finishes it off stunningly. Um, not quite as good, perhaps, but instantly I was reminded of the Wilfred Boney goal um, at Manchester City many years back, where Nathan Dyer kind of scooped it over the, the defence and he chested it and, and finished it off in a similar fashion. It, it was just a classy, classy goal. And it's, it's not the first time that those two players, Piru and Patterson, have linked up in that way. They really do look like they're building a stunning partnership. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's exactly what we need. Um, obviously, there was a lot made of the fact that we lost uh, a few key players in the summer, none more so than Andreu. Um, but I've always been kind of a sceptic of his, where I thought he's he's a fantastic player and he's too good for this division. However, um, he is quite... Uh, selfish in the sense that he can do it on his own and he would have done it most of the time on his own he had a very little link-up play with Jamal Lowe for example last season um but getting beside the point there Jim Patterson and Piro you have to hope that you've got a link play between your midfield and your front man in order to create and score goals something we've struggled with and I think the the growth in in those two even game on game a Piro is just for me, is is possibly the most natural finisher we've had at the club since the likes of Michu and Boney. He just looks like he looks like he is so hungry for goals and he is so confident every time he gets a sniff of goal. So it was no surprise to me that when he chested that, he didn't just pass it into the corner. He lifted the ball deftly over uh, Smithy's trailing leg into the corner. It was just delightful finish only matched or bettered by the, the move leading up to it, really, which, which was Patterson's reverse uh, through ball, um, which was, again, just so sexy to watch. Um, his game yesterday was unreal. Uh, they couldn't get to him all game, and it was uh, exactly the problem that Cardiff were going to have when they played five centre-backs. They had nobody with the instinct to push out and press and they were five centre-backs playing as five last line of defence there. And so the gaps that was left for even Ryan Bennett had the freedom of South Wales running into the Cardiff half twice in on yesterday afternoon. So there was just these huge gaping holes in Cardiff's midfield all day. And uh, Patterson had a field day, had his best game in a swan shirt. And uh, and, and Joel Piro and him, they seemed to have no where each other's going to be. It's not the first time. It was only a couple of weeks ago, of course, that uh, Patterson played in Piro against Huddersfield um, with another delightful ball. So um, I think that understanding is going to be huge for us. And 
look, you you want your strikers to score goals because they live off them, and and there's not many in this division I would rather have front at the moment than Piro because he is he links, he drops deep, he gets on the end of it, and he's just he's just everything we need up there at the moment. So it was fantastic, and it was just a great day. It was just a great day to see those two players. They did. And Steve, the icing on the cake, the third goal. I mean, we it was another really great goal. All of them very different. Um, but, I mean, a lot of the credit for this one goes to Flynn Downs, who I thought was amazing yesterday again and looks a real star in the making. But, I mean, I think this goal really did sum up kind of the problems that Cardiff had at the back, but also kind of our drive and our desire, the fact that even when the game was 2-0 and, you know, we looked to be coasting, we wanted more. The likes of Laird, Patterson, even Bidwell busting a gut to get in at the back post to win that header. The players just could, didn't want to stop. They were, they were enjoying themselves that much. Yeah, as you say, I mean, <clears throat> loads of positives to this goal. Flynn Downs really with a, a great challenge. And then obviously, <clears throat> we don't play many long balls, but um, obviously he spotted um, Ethan Laird. And obviously the ball could have really gone out for, um, gone behind, couldn't it? But you know, brilliant from him. He's chased what, what could have been a lost cause to make it. Nice little pass for Patterson. And then it's a, the chipped cross is perfect, really. I mean, it's one of those that it's very difficult to um to do anything about. So then, you know, do you think it, it, I think it was well, a cross? Do you think he was trying to shoot? Um, I, I think it was a cross. I think, you know, I, I could be wrong. Only one man knows the answer to that, of course. But um, yeah. I think it was a cross. But, um, yeah, as you say, Bidwell, he wouldn't associate him with doing that very often, but um, he's got in there and, um, yeah, and if he, even he has scored, it probably sums the day up, really, doesn't it? So, yeah, a, a lovely goal and, um, yeah, just it rounded everything off uh, really nicely, didn't it? And it was probably the most uh, relaxing 20 minutes we've ever had in a derby game. And it, and it should have been more. I mean, you know, we had two, in my opinion, penalties turned down. Um, chances galore that we missed, you know, it was just, it, it was an absolute hammering. And I mean, the atmosphere, Matt, I mean, it's always great. The atmosphere in a derby, it's always fantastic. But there was something so brilliant about the players doing the swim away, etc., and just clearly reveling it. And, and they just got it. They just understood what it meant. And they seem to be loving it every bit as much as the fans. Yeah, it was talk wasn't there, in the week about whether the new players um, had the um, knowledge, of course, since the last time we had um, a derby in, in, in front of fans. There's been quite a lot of turnaround in, in managers and uh, players from both from, from both teams, really. So it's been um, it's been a bit of a wait. And you did wonder, maybe, uh, just a, just probably a good idea that it was Jamie Patterson um, who got the uh, the first goal because with his uh, his Bristol City links, he'll know all about how he want, how he likes to wind up Cardiff fans anyway. So um, and obviously there was probably a lot of pre match talk in the dressing room and the video put together as well of it, exactly how to win the fans over and keep them on your side. Um, and it was it was fantastic to see and it's just. You'd sometimes wonder, don't you, with the connection between the players, the fans, the, the and the club in general. Um, you know how how much how much of it is manufactured and stuff. But then you get moments like yesterday when you you've got your own manager coming over and doing it and stuff like that. That's just that that increases. You know the, the you just buy yourself a little bit more love from the support. Then don't you? You know you tune into what the fans want to see. You get them on board, and um, yeah, it, it just. You know all those naysayers, and there's been plenty of them about Russell Martin and his start here at the Swans. Um, they've gone suddenly quiet today, and, and rightly so, really, because it was obviously going to take time. This, but the football we played yesterday at times was just light years ahead of anything we played in a long, long time since Graham Potter. So it was just a great time to see it all come together. And we said on on this podcast before Gitto that. We're going to give a team a hiding one day because of the way we play. And um, as Steve said earlier on, you just don't expect it to come in one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the season. So you you hope it does. Of course, that's the stuff of dreams. But uh, for it to happen like it did yesterday and play out the way it had, it was just um, 
it was just perfection. And yeah, the, the players coming over at the end with the swim away was the icing on top of a very big kick. I think vindication is the word, really, when it comes to Russell Martin. I mean, he's had his doubters outside the club more than inside, I think. Um, he had a tough hand joining with less than a week to go. A lot of change within the squad. I mean, you look at how many of those players weren't there last season and, and how many of them been brought in, mainly youngsters. Um, total transformation in style. And it's it's been a bit... Slow moving, you know, we've been averaging a point per game before before yesterday's game. Um, but then, you know, you get a game like that. And I think anybody who is doubting watching that would say, yeah, I get it. I get what they were thinking. I get what they were doing. And I don't know, Steve, if you've got the impression, but I got the impression that Russell Martin felt that vindication yesterday. He felt like, yeah, now, now people can see what we what we're trying to do. Yeah. And it's not the finished article. We're not going to be able to do that against every team. We were lucky to be playing against a particularly awful Cardiff team, probably the worst team we've played this season, I would suggest. But you could see from the performance what we want to be doing and what we are starting to do as as a squad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think the word patience has been said a lot on this podcast this season, probably for me more than anybody else. Um, And you know, there was for me. There's always been this firm belief with Russell Martin from what he said before he took the job and everything like that. That obviously he wants us to play this way, but we know that it will take time. And you know, I'm repeating myself here, but as you said, got a job five days before the start of the season. We brought a lot of players in. It was always going to take time, and I think about now is is where I would have expected it to start to come to fruition a bit and obviously it, it did brilliantly yesterday didn't it so you know we should be really encouraged I think that we're you know we're going in the right direction um, we, a, a lot of the players that we brought in are, are better than what we've got a lot of them are playing well like I said Downs has, has been mentioned already he's, he's done really well so was led Perot obviously is, has been a great side in for us Patterson had his best game yesterday so I, I think there's a lot to be Positive about this, still definitely going to be bumps in the road. I don't think we're anywhere near the finished article, as you said. But um, you know, we're we're on the right track. You can see we're building something. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, the 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 signs are all there for encouraging. And um, yeah, I, I think the future looks good. And the the good thing, as I've said before as well, is it you know even if we get to the summer and one or two end up getting sold, but we've made good money on them and then we reinvest then. Again, we're running it well from a business point of view as well. So, you know, I, I think we should be really encouraged. I mean, that, that's the main thing. The future looks bright. And obviously the future for our pals and a certain uh, sports editor does not look so good. And uh, that makes us feel even better. Does indeed. Um, I mean, Matt, who do, who would you say was our man of the match yesterday? I mean, there was so much competition, but who would you say stood out about above everybody else as the best player on the pitch. Um I think it would be be a you know be a miss not to, miss not to give it to, to Patterson just for his the the way he took the game by the scruff of the neck, um his goal involvements, his the actual goal he scored came at a time, as we've already discussed, when we really didn't look like doing a lot and it threatened to be unraveling the, the game plan early doors. But um so it was so important his involvement in the game and uh you could tell he got it. He got it. But uh, as we discussed, the some of the players out there were, were absolute colossuses again and, and and Flynn Downs, another one who his involvement in the third goal it epitomized his start to life in a, as a Swansea player. He is the dog in midfield that we've been missing for some years now. And also so stylish, skillful, and classy, and technically able that he will be a Premier League player. We've just got to hope that we're there with him because he will be in the next eighteen months, no doubt about it. Um, so he's, you know, there's some fantastic uh, talents we've got in this squad. But uh, yeah, I, you just, I think I just have to give it to Patterson because it's what mattered yesterday was the three goals to nil, and he was heavily involved in all of them. And Steve, I don't know if the two of you are aware, but um, that was the Swans' seventh clean sheet, which is the most in the championship, um, which I found pretty staggering. I mean, but it does make sense. 
And I'll be honest, before kickoff, I looked at our defence and thought, oof, that, that's risky, picking one proper centre-back in, in Bennett to play against a team of absolute giants um, like Cardiff had picked. But, you know, they had their early wobbles, but other than that, they looked very solid. And in general, I'll be honest, I think that, that back five, which usually only consists of one centre-back, has looked OK. Um do you think actually, you know, it's not always looked entirely solid. It's taken a bit of time. But do you think we're going to pro- stick with this? Or do you think down the line we will have to bring in another centre-back? Because at the moment, of course, we've got seven clean sheets. Can that last with just the one centre-back inside? Uh, I think defensively, we're a bit of a funny one, really. Because as you say, I mean, we've got, yeah, we've had, we have had quite a lot of clean sheets but I bet if you look at our goals conceded table, we're probably halfway down the league because there's not a game this season where we've only conceded one goal. There's a few where we've conceded two and there's a few where we've conceded three. So there's been days where we've been very bad defensively, but then there's others, like you say, where there's been clean sheets. So um, there is positives. I think, you know, in some of the games, for example, we haven't got so much of the ball that the opposition just haven't really got near us. So, like yesterday, they keep Ben Hamer didn't make too many saves, did he? For example, so that will come into it. And I mean, it's it's a long season. There's so many games. We're going to see changes, aren't we? I mean, you have to say at the moment, if the, we had the same back five on on Wednesday night, no one's going to complain about it. But obviously, we've got the likes of Cabango. I'm sure he'll come back in at some point. We haven't seen much of Reese Williams yet. I don't know if maybe the the incident with him being racially abused has has got him down or anything like that. But um. You know, I'm assuming we've signed him to play, so he'll probably be back in at some point. And um, yeah, it's like I say, it's, it's a long season. I mean, if you look at it now, we've got another midweek game. There must be another one at Coventry. I think there's a midweek one before the next international break. So, you know, I'm not sure everybody's going to play every game. There's bound to be a little bit of rotation somewhere, isn't there? And um, suppose sometimes it depends on who we're playing. That um, one or two players may well suit um, playing <coughs> with a different lineup, but. Um, you would have thought yesterday, for example, that we probably would have played more um, more centre-backs, but obviously we chose not to, and uh, you'd have to say it was the right decision, wouldn't you? Yeah, paid off, paid off. Um, let's talk about the team that picked five centre-backs now, because, you know, everything went right for Swansea, but pretty much everything went wrong for Cardiff. Oh, before we do that, by the way, um, just a note about the ref. Um, I don't know what you thought, boys, but I, I thought that was an astonishing refereeing performance. And um, the statistics may explain a little bit because um, Mr. Lennington, the referee, has refereed 19 Cardiff games before um, this week's derby. They've won 16 of them. And you can kind of see how when you look at the way he deals with their wrestling, their judo moves, their persistent fouling. He um, he lets a lot go unpunished, doesn't he? Matt, what, what did you think of his performance? I think, right, I said this to Steve yesterday and his name rings a bell. Now, I think he was the one who ref the Scunthorpe game for us in the Cup. And I might have a massive egg on my face here now for saying it on the pod. But if he's the one that when we ended up with um, eight men back in the year, back back in the day, um, obviously it's a few years ago now, but he was atrocious that day and it doesn't appear that he's particularly understood the rules of the game much better now. I think what epitomised his day for me was was a few minutes in when we should have had the penalty. Um, I tell you what, it's a penalty or it's a goal kick, clear as day. Yeah. Um, between him and the linesman, to contrive to give that as a corner is just absolutely incorrect. I mean, the obvious one is the penalty because he's gone through the player. Um, but if here isn't that, then what is the linesman looking at? Because it's clear that Led gets to the ball first and it's Led that kicks it out of play. So um, he's just, yeah, he he wasn't great. Two penalties that we should have had in the day. I think he bottled both decisions. Um, and uh, I think we won in spite of him, really, rather than because. Yeah, well, I mean, and you were right that he was the ref um, for that famous League Cup match where we got all those red cards. Um I mean, Steve, I don't know. I'm not going to accuse a ref of bias or anything like that. But I thought it was a weird performance, I'll be honest. And just the decision making, the stuff that he was letting go. I mean, it was it was like a wrestling match there sometimes. You know, the players being thrown all over the pitch and nothing being given. I, I thought 
you know, you don't you don't want a picky ref on on Derby Day. You want a few meaty challenges, but come on, you got to stick to the rules as well. It's a shame he didn't ref uh, Wales in a couple of those um, those games recently because uh, it was the complete opposite there. You couldn't do anything, but um, yeah, it was a funny one. And as you say, we could have had a couple of penalties. Definitely, I think and we're the only reason we're probably not too annoyed about that is because we've ended up winning comfortably anyway. But yeah, he, he was a funny one, wasn't he? Um, and as you say, I haven't really thought about it that much because you say, well, we've won, so the ref becomes an irrelevance, but it doesn't mean that he had a good game and he, he didn't, did he? Let's uh, be honest about it. And as you say, I might explain why Cardiff have got quite a good record under him because he seems to let a lot of things go. I mean, you do wonder what you've got to do sometimes to um, to get decisions with some refs and he was one of them. It was a weird one, but there we go, 3-0, despite a referee who clearly um, wasn't um, was, wasn't feeling particularly uh, particularly kind towards us on uh, on Sunday. Let's move on to talk about the opposition. They're in crisis at the moment, let's face it. Um, Matt, are they in a relegation fight, first of all? Do you actually think there is a risk of Cardiff City kicking off next season in League One? Um, well, Potentially, yeah, of course, you have to say there is because they've got, um, you know, they've, they've had a poor start of the season, but more so than that. I mean, look, before yesterday, we were on the same points, but that would be a very naive way of looking at it if you were just glancing at the table for the first time this season. It's quite clear anyone who's watched the two teams that one team is very much coming together. We discussed this again. We discussed this on the last pod. One team is coming together and, and, and looks like it's, you know, building something for the future and it, brighter days are coming. And another team is literally falling down to, to, to cue the chant, is collapsing around them. They've they've completely lost their heads. They're playing five centre-backs. Yesterday seemed to be the perfect day to, you know, go back to what seemed to be working or at least looked like it, it, it threatened to work for them. Um, against, uh, I, I believe it was Reading, where they where they went back to four at the back, but they had Sean Morrison fit again, so um, he decided to chuck five centre backs on the pitch, and um, just it just meant that we had so much joy that down Ethan Led side in particular, it was just you know that Curtis Nelson had a horrible afternoon. Um, he just seemed to be in the end just looking for a fight. Um, he definitely won prick of the day, uh, to be honest with you. So, you know, in a team that has Sean Morrison and Aidan Flint in it, that's quite an accolade to take home. So um, fair play to him for that. Um, but yeah, they they just, like I said at the top of the podcast, uh, that was embarrassing. I mean, they've got a dinosaur as a manager and um, a stubborn one at that as well. So, like, you know, I'd... I'd, I'd torn between wanting them to go down and then at the same time wanting to embarrass them again year on year so um but yeah the demise of cardiff is just an extra extra sweetener because um they look like they're going to lose Kiefer Moore in january i think that is something that's quite understood within the cardiff uh support i can't imagine them keeping him and uh, without him You'd have to question uh, their survival chances, or at least their chances of competing regularly at this level. So um, it doesn't look great for them, does it? Not particularly. I mean, Steve, what what was your reaction when you saw the lineup from Mick McCarthy? Because I, I'll be honest, I did not expect five at the back, uh, five centre backs, I should say, um, from them. I mean, the Reading game, you know, you can see just on the highlights and statistics, um, the last game before playing us, they they improved and they they changed formation to just four centre backs at the back, and they didn't concede many chances to Reading, and they they should have scored themselves. So you know they were unlucky to lose. So I do not understand why you would go from that improved performance under a changed formation back to the system which had failed so spectacularly in the previous games where they'd lost five one and four nil. I mean, it was almost as if it's almost it's genuinely as if Mick McCarthy is begging for the sack. It is strange, you know. I mean, I've never heard of, of going down that route with so many centre backs. I think Gerard Houdier's done it for when he was at Liverpool before. He's playing a lot of centre backs, and I think he may have done it when he was at Villa about ten years ago too. But like I said, that was with four. That that's extreme. Don't get me wrong, but 
with this five, it's ridiculous because then it, it feels like it really is a back five, and then you know you <coughs> send the arse in general, not the quickest are they? So you're not going to have them, the the ones that are playing at full backs, bombing on. You're going to be pinned in quite a lot, aren't you? So it's it's a strange tactic. I mean, <laughs> you would do that maybe if you're desperate and you've got injuries and this type of thing, but it seems like it's. Um, it's his like uh, choice, doesn't it? So it's, it's totally voluntary. I mean, he's got left backs and right backs that he yeah. chooses not to include. And I mean, you look at the centre backs; they're not exactly you know. You you have some centre backs who are quite athletic, and you think, okay, they may be able to play at um, you know wing back. I mean, we've we've played Joel Latibodier there. I wouldn't say he's a natural right wing back, but you know we've done it when needed. I mean, back in the day, we had Kevin Austin playing at left back, and you wouldn't have said that Kevin Austin was built like a left-back, but it somehow made it work. But you just look at this. You know, I, I thought Kieran Brown was had an absolute nightmare on Sunday. I, he looked like a fish out of water. And that's because, I mean, he looks like Peter Kay's character of Max and Paddy with that, with that, with that goatee. And he's a big guy, you know, and you're thinking, he's up against Ethan Laird. I mean, on what planet did Mick McCarthy think that was a sensible tactic? Uh, that's the thing, and it? it's such a strange mentality. And when you do things like that as well, and then when it doesn't work, you are just opening yourself up to an absolute barrage of criticism, aren't you? I mean, just play players in their correct positions. That's always the view that I would have because, if, you know, <clears throat> certainly if it's if you when you've ch- tried to think a bit outside the box and change it, and it's really not worked. You are just going to get it, and obviously he's he's getting it again now, isn't he? So. Um, it, it was strange from Cardiff, but they're a strange football club. So what do we expect? They are a strange football club. I mean, Matt, uh, the, the, you know, it it seems inevitable that Mick McCarthy is gonna is gonna go. Apparently, Ken Chu was um, kind of making jokes about it on the buses to fans on um, on the way up, which uh, you know. Make your own minds up about what that says about uh, Cardiff's leadership, um, you know, in the boardroom. But you know, if they do make that change, and you know, they have changed their managers quite a bit over the last few years. They've always seemed to replace them with like-for-like managers. Neil Warnock was replaced by a younger Neil Warnock and Neil Harris, and then when Neil Harris went through a bad run, they went for Mick McCarthy, who was going back to a Mick Mc- a Neil Warnock type manager, really. Um, but and I know Cardiff fans. A lot of them would like to see somebody a bit more um, adventurous, a bit more, you know, um, if, if, I don't know, a bit of, who thinks outside the box, perhaps, who you know has some new, fresh ideas. But the thing is, with that squad, uh, if you bring in somebody who's going to try and play football, they're, they're doomed to failure, aren't they? So. You know, you do if you're Cardiff, you are doomed if you do, and if you you're doomed if you don't. Yeah, I think I I agree with every point of that there, and I think it comes down to ego. Um, it really does, and this is what it part riles me and 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 part makes me laugh my head off. Um, is because they have this um superiority complex. Um, they really do, and it's not a rival thing. It's not a, you know, I don't think this could be compared to any other rivalry in in British football. I do think this is a Cardiff Swansea specific thing in that um, Cardiff genuinely do have delusions of grandeur, and with that comes impatience. And you look at what Russell Martin walked into this summer, and this was a club that. He want he knew was going to go through a transition period, not just less through players, but also style of play. I don't think Cardiff would have the patience for it. I think they demand results today, and they look so short term. They would rather have results today and worry about the coach crash that's coming up around the corner when it does, because we sat here on this podcast. I don't know when it was uh, midway through last season, was it? When we said. The best thing that could happen here is Mick McCarthy win a few games, get given a nice big contract, because he'll be a fucking disaster. And that's exactly what happened. Because we just knew what was going to happen. Because they're so short term. They'll go and replace Mick McCarthy and they'll go out there and they'll say, What do we do? 
and they'll go, well, we need to get a manager who'll make the most out of Sean Morrison, Aidan Flint, Kiefer Moore, James Collins, who's been shit since he's gone there. You know, when you look at the players they've got, they'll get a manager who'll make the most out of them for five months. And that's what'll happen. And Cardiff won't finish mid-table as a result. And then it'll fall apart next season. They'll be calling for a head and we'll have the same conversation again because they just look to the next game. And they've got no idea for future planning, no idea for a process or transition or, or trying to build a legacy. That's not what it's about with Cardiff. It is about short-term success. And that is why it's been so glorious since God, since Dave Jones, in fact. And Dave Jones had a lot of critics in his time. because, But what he built was a team that could play, but a, a nasty, horrible bastard team. But a team that could also that had a bit of a bit of a good players in there as well, you know. Um, the one thing with Dave Jones is he didn't get the derby. He just completely downplayed the derby, which is why we had the success we did. But in general, since Dave Jones, they've been a joke because they've just gone short term. Let's get a short term fix in. We'll worry about that down the line. And yeah, everything you say, they're gonna replace Mick McCarthy with someone to get the best out of the players that Mick McCarthy has inherited himself from Neil Harris, who has inherited himself from Neil Warnock. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it will continue to happen until they realize that they've got to put the ego to one side, accept mediocrity for a year, maybe two, maybe even have to accept relegation in the process. Because if they want to come out and actually enjoy their football club, it is going to take an overhaul and it is going to take multiple transfer windows with patience and a manager who wants to do it and a board and a fan base who will have patience with it. And this is why it won't happen, because of all of those things. And the media, and don't get me started on the media, because that is their biggest problem of all. That is where the focus and the delusions of grandeur begin. And you just believe they eat, they eat it up. And as a result of that, they're doomed and destined to repeat this fate, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, I'll say. Well, we've um, we've got a slight update, actually, mid-pod from um, from Cardiff. Um, friend of the podcast, Paula Pandato, has just tweeted that um, he's been told Cardiff's hierarchy plan to do nothing about Mick McCarthy until after Fulham and Borough games. There we go. Um, so if that's the greatest true, tweet ever by Paul Amandonado. If that's true, um, perhaps perhaps the you know Ken Chu in the stands was listening to the Swansea fans singing, "We want you to stay, Mick McCarthy. We want you to stay." Maybe he was you know taking that advice on board. Who knows? Um, I this, find is, this is what's going to happen. This is what is literally what we were just saying. There is just going to repeat itself because they cannot see a way out of it, and and. For all the reasons I've just said, it is going to repeat itself. Madness. Um, just before we move on from from the derby, where does this one rank in terms of you know your your favourite derbies? Because we we've had some brilliant ones over the years. We really have had some amazingly enjoyable ones, some emphatic wins, some re- you know, performances where we've really embarrassed the opposition. But I mean, Matt, you you hinted earlier that this yesterday was your favourite derby ever? Is that just recency bias or do you generally think it? Um, look, there was a lot of things. I mean, the first 30 minutes was was shaky. Um, and after that, it was an utter domination. The stats back it up. 74% possession is is just in, incredible. Um, I can't remember ever seeing that. Um, and And the way the game panned out as well. We were, there were fans singing in the second half. We're taking the piss, and we were taking the piss. Um, we talked about the one two years ago with um, this might have been before we started recording actually. Um, the uh, the when we beat them one nil, um, that was a battering as well. We didn't get the goals that we deserved that day, um, and of course, we've had some historically fantastic ones. We talked about the one in the Premier League, the 3-0 there. I just felt yesterday it was special. It felt like we had um, the build-up to it as well with with what we were expecting, what we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks of the build-up of the style of play. I didn't see it coming at all. At, le- at least with the Gary Monk one, we were hoping 
with the um, new manager bounce and stuff like that. Um, we were hoping that we would uh, we would produce something, and we had a we we knew we had a very very good squad that day. Um, this one was a shock in terms of we I didn't see a score in three uh, unanswered goals, so um, it just just everything about after about half hour in with the uh, the swim away celebrations as well and the the fans the players everyone in one connection there was just uh, glorious. If there was one thing to let down yesterday, um, it was that Cardiff fans were so crap, and you can't have a derby atmosphere without both sides taking part. And that was the one thing that perhaps let it down. Um, I thought the fans were dreadful from them and uh, not like derbies of old where they would be trying to clamber over fences at each other. Um, they were rubbish. They they sat down and took it and just let it go. And so, um, yeah, that was the one that was the one disappointment for me. But apart from that, it was it was an outstanding day. I'd, I'd say, um, yeah, I'd say it was probably my favourite. It's difficult to make an atmosphere when your team gives you nothing to cheer, mind. It, in fairness, those Cardiff fans, I mean, they imagine you've caught, you've woken up, early, you've caught the bus at, eight, at 20 past eight in the morning. It's taken you about two hours to get down the M4. And then you have to stand there and watch that. I, oof, You almost sympathise with them. Um, they didn't sell out as well, get your mind. I know, like, it doesn't always look like a sellout because people don't don't sit in their, you know, allocated seats and they bunch up, etc. We've seen, we saw this the last time we were at the Cardiff City Stadium. You know, the bottom bit was a bit more sparsely populated, but there was a big chunk of that away end. Yeah, which, which was I just don't think it was sold. Yeah, but I mean, Steve, what what about you? Was yesterday your favourite too, or do you have others which uh, you remember more fondly? It's a good question. Um, we've been spoiled, really, haven't we? If we're honest, I mean, I. It's, yesterday is definitely in there. Um, I think that League Cup one remains quite special because it had been such a long time, and obviously in that time they've been above us for a long time. So, you know that that one was very sweet. Um, yeah, and there's one is the other one that really stands out. I would say because um, it's the only time I've seen us win there, and obviously I think with fans anyway, that's the only time we have won there since the the nineties probably. So. Those two are probably my two favourites, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's still up there. I mean, it's not like there's a big difference between the two. I mean, you know, I think sometimes as well, you know, if you win 1-0, the feeling of joy at full time can sometimes be that that little bit more in some ways, because, you know, whereas like yesterday, we were, we were quite relaxed, weren't we? Which is quite weird for a derby game, but um, yeah, I think the the, the other the big ones tend to be the, the more unique ones in some ways. I would say like the, the fact that when you've gone 10 years without one, I mean, it's a long time. I mean, at, at that time, I think I was only about 20. So half a lifetime without it, you know, this feels like an eternity. So that probably makes that cup one a bit more special. But, you know, we're, we're not complaining, are we? Um, you know, they're all, they're all brilliant in their own way. Ah, oh, it's so difficult. That cup one was, you know, monumental. The, I, I loved the Darren Prattley one the following season under Sousa. I thought that was a, that was a great derby. You know, Emnes, the the Premier League one takes some beating. I mean, three nil. Oh, that you know, and everything that was going on around that game, that was that was pretty special. I really loved the one two years ago under Steve Cooper, Steve Cooper's first, where we again absolutely outclassed them, and there was an amazing atmosphere there that day, probably better than the atmosphere on Sunday. Um, I'll still probably go for the Premier League one just because of the occasion, but. Oh, they, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of competition for it, and um, you know that's 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 that says a lot really about how we approach it and um, how our players, in fairness to them, do tend to give us plenty of good memories from these matches. Um, we will move on now to discuss the next match. Yes, the season doesn't end; it it does continue. Um, and um, Matt, we've, we've got West Brom coming to town. But before that, I mean, just looking back, we have had a tendency over the years. Yeah, this is a uh, defeat. To, yeah, to not really <laughs> match the derby performance in the following game. It's as if we put a lot into the derby game and then, you know, it falls short the follow after, after once we've got... After the, the Lord Mayor's show, isn't it? It is after the Lord Mayor's yeah. show. Last year against yeah. derby, you know, it was a really insipid performance, one of the worst of the season. And we lost 2-0 
you know, we've, we've even even I think two years ago when we beat them at home, we went to Wigan, but we we won two one, but we didn't play very well on that day. Um, and and we we do tend to put in, you know, lower tempo, lower energy games after we um after we lose to Cardiff, after we sorry after we beat Cardiff. Um, do, you know, and in fairness, West Brom. They're not the easiest team to play against. So um, are you scared that maybe the players will struggle to to get their energy levels back up to the necessary levels? Uh, well, in time for Wednesday, there may be there may be some logic behind it. I mean, if you think about how differently we approach the derby to Cardiff, for example, and how much we put the build up and the emphasis on, we know what it means to the fans, and you can see the players go out there and they. They give it their all. They always seem to give 110%. Even, to be honest, in most cases, barring maybe the Loudrop one in the Premier League, um, where we lost. But even in defeat, mostly, we leave it all on the pitch. I think, I don't think I've said very often in my lifetime that we didn't turn up to a derby or we didn't understand it or anything like that, that I could level quite... Uh, fairly at Cardiff many times. Um, so I think perhaps we do isolate it a little bit as a as a fixture we need to win, and and rightly so because it's always going to be more than three points to the fans. So I, perhaps it is a little bit harder then to when you focused in the weeks leading up to it as this is the one I want to make sure I impress the boss this week so I get picked and um, and everyone feeling the buzz off the crowd and stuff and then. You have the celebrations, the, the party, whatever, and you come back to training, probably a lot of jovial banter going on with the players and stuff, and then you get down to it, and it is just like, it's almost like it didn't happen then, because you go back to work, if you like. Um, and I can imagine that it probably does take a week or so then to get back into the system of um, back to the grind, if you like. Uh, so we have, yeah, you're right, we have traditionally seemed to struggle after a derby win. Um, so maybe it is the fact that we do put so much emphasis into um, making the derby a special one for the Swan supporters that um, we struggle to pick ourselves up afterwards. But uh, listen, you, you know, even if we even if we fall short on Wednesday night, I know that us three on this podcast will all say we'd have rather it this way round than the other. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. There's no doubt about that. And um, Steve, when it when it comes to West Brom, I mean. They've gone through a real change over the summer. They've got Valerian Ismailin, who did a fantastic job with Barnsley last season. And already this season, you know, they've just been relegated from the Premier League and they look like um, one of the teams that are most likely to to challenge for promotion back to it. So it, it's not going to be an easy game, is it? No, it's, it's probably one of the worst ones we could have after, um, you know, a derby game because <clears throat> West Brom will do a lot of pressing. It's going to be a hard side to play against. We know that they're a good side. Obviously, they've not long come down. They're a team everyone expects to be towards the top. So, yeah, I <coughs> I can't say I'm too confident going into this one. I think uh, it's not a fixture that we, we need, really. But um, it is what it is. We could probably do with a free week without a midweek game. But you know, we've got to get on with it. That's what this league is like. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But as Matt said, really, I mean, if if it does prove a, a game too far for us and we've left it all out on the pitch from the game before, then uh, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll get over it. Yeah, I agree. Um, it in one in one way though, Matt, um, playing Cardiff may have given us some kind of practice because um, only Cardiff and Millwall have won more aerial balls than um, than West Brom this season and. West Brom have the lowest pass completion rate in the entire championship with 60.7%. So four out of every 10 balls goes astray with West Brom. Um, it's not dissimilar to the style that they had at, um, at Barnsley and at Ismail. It's not exactly a surprise. It's not too dissimilar, really, to what Cardiff have been trying to do this season but failing, and I guess we're going to be playing against a better version of Cardiff on Wednesday, aren't we? Yeah, it's not going to be like the West Brom that we're used to playing over the past, you know, 10 years ago or so. Um, they would always be that pretty footballing team who are a little bit too good for this division and not quite good enough for the one above 
on many occasions, but um, you always thought you'd have a good game of football with them. Um, and so it's not going to be the case, perhaps. Um, he is an effective manager, and Barnsley earned a lot of plaudits last season for coming from a, a last-day survival team to a playoff semi-final team. I think it deserves every plaudit he gets, but uh, certainly transformed the way West Brom are playing. Um, and that's, uh, well, successful, isn't it? I mean, it, it, there's probably similarities in a sense between that and, and, and the Steve Cooper reign, where you go, well, you can't really argue with the success. Um, is it a style of play they particularly want to play? I don't know. You'd have to ask West Brom fans. Well, there, um, there, have been, there have been a couple of um, moans and groans over the last few weeks. Just uh, it's, it's a bit strange, really. I mean, West Brom, second of the table, 25 points. They've only lost one game, but there have just been the slightest the slightest hint of discomfort with the way they're playing. They're not used to seeing no, they're not. play this way. And a couple of the fans are just thinking, apparently, you know, well, this isn't as much fun to watch, really, even though they're winning. It's, um, well, it it, 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 it validates, Gitto. It does validate what we've been saying for a long time here then. Because from the outside looking in, it's easy to say, how can you complain? Look where you are in the table. Yada, yada. But when you have to sit through it 95 minutes twice a week, you do have a different viewpoint on it. You do have an element of, I still do wish to be entertained, please. I still wish to want to feel proud of my team and what they're doing. I don't want us to be playing percentage football, which is what, like West Brom, like you say, are are shaping up to do. They'll be difficult. They'll be a very tough nut to crack. Such as we were under Cooper for two years. I mean, make no bones about it. He was a successful manager, whether, you know, whatever way you look at it. However, there's two, you know, there's there's two ways of playing. There's, you know, there's success, however it comes, and there's philosophy based. And um and it, and obviously we're going down the other route now, um, which should harbour greater long term goals and success, but um, perhaps not as immediate short term. Um I'm not surprised you've 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 educated me on that to be honest. You get to about the West Brom fans complaining. I'm only my only surprise perhaps is that it's come quite as soon as it has. Um but maybe they expected success anyway, so they would have thought they would get it even if they didn't go um as as uh, as direct perhaps as they as they are. But um no, I I and and there are probably similarities there between us and the last and them over the last couple of years. Um footballing teams that aren't used to playing a different style of play. So I can certainly empathise with those fans who are um, perhaps a little bit less than overjoyed with the style of play. But uh, it doesn't make it any easier for us on Wednesday night. Yeah, it is a bit strange. I, I mean, I'm not pretending for one second that a majority it seems like just a couple of, st- of fans are just starting to kind of voice their kind of displeasure at the st- Style of play, even if they may be very happy with um, with the results, which which have been excellent on the whole, Steve. But I don't know. I'm looking at West Brom and thinking I wouldn't rule out the Swans getting something here because actually over the last few weeks maybe haven't been that impressive. Not too long ago they went on a run of three draws in a row um, against the likes of Millwall and Derby and Preston, who aren't fantastic teams. Um, then they you know they beat Cardiff four 0 but we've seen what kind of team Cardiff are. They then lost their only 1-0 against Stoke, but they really should have lost by more in that game. And I watched a lot of their game against Birmingham last Friday. And I can't pretend that they were particularly convincing. They were, um, you know, Carl and Grant popped up with a fantastic goal as he's been doing for much of the season. Um, but other than that, I mean, there wasn't much to get excited about in their performance, if I'm being honest. I'm just wondering if after a very explosive and high energy start, maybe, you know, they're, they're just looking a bit vulnerable in some areas. And I don't know, maybe it's just the uh, overexcitement of the derby, but I'm, I don't know, I've got a tiny feeling that maybe we've got a chance of getting something out of this one. Well, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it is a league where you, know, you do see all sorts of results to you regularly. It's just, I think if we were playing this game on Saturday, I'd feel far more confident than I would about playing it um, on Wednesday. I think that that's my concern with really. you. just... I do, and you think as well, West Brom, as you say, they played Friday, didn't they? Whereas we played Sunday, they've had more time to rest, and they, they, and they probably haven't had as much of a taxing game as what we, 
but I know we could say we didn't have a you know a massive workout from Cardiff, but we put a lot into it, didn't we? So, you know, um, yeah, I'm I'm I sticking to what I I've said previously. Really, that I I do think this is going to be a tough game for us at the wrong time as well. So, you know, I, th- I think in general we are capable of a result against them, but yeah, I'm I'm not convinced we're going to get one uh, this weekend. Or should I say this this week? Yeah, well, let's get your predictions then, Matt. What are you thinking? West Brom Wednesday night. Are the Swans going to build on that Derby uh, Derby win, or will it be after the Lord Mayor's show? Well, it's always after the Lord Mayor's show, isn't it? I just can't be. I can't be negative. That's the only problem. I find it really difficult this season to be negative. So uh, it's not like me, as you know, on this podcast. I'm uh, I'm flying that negativity flag every week. So I'm trying my best now to uh, add some realism into myself um and try and get down off my uh happy little perch um i think probably uh it's at you know it's at home so we'll have the crowd we'll have we'll have the anti cardiff chance again when we we the crowd are going to be buzzing it's going to feel like uh you know there's going to be a lot of we beat the scum 3-0 and all that and uh yeah um um yeah go on fuck it yeah let's say uh Two nil swans, come on. Two nil swans. I know, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. I love it. That's the kind of positivity that a derby win breeds. Um, Steve, come on, give us like three, four nil. Come on, might as well where we're at it. Uh, I'm gonna go two nil to West Brom, I'm afraid. <laughs> bit of realism, like just cut, just cut that out, Dan. Just cut that bit out. It's fine. Just leave it on me. We'll end it there. <laughs> Joe, West West Brom have won one away game since August. I'm going to go for a draw at least, which is which is pretty wild from my wild positivity compared to what I usually predict. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, yeah, let's let's go for it. I don't think I don't think they're as good. I may regret this, but I don't think they're as good as as they 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 were at the start of the season. I think maybe they're a little bit rustier. Um, I think they'll give our defence much more to think about than Cardiff did, but. I don't know. We're we're playing well at the moment and high on confidence. They maybe aren't quite as um, as short as they were. I I I'll I'll say one all draw. Um, and let's just move on very quickly to discuss uh, another game that's coming up at the weekend. Uh, a trip to Birmingham. Um, which um, um, well, you know, they've had a bit of a strange season actually, a bit of a Cardiff situation because they started the season very well, Matt. Um, but one point from their last six games. Um, it's not unlikely Bowyer to have these type of runs a, as a manager, but it, it's still quite shocking to see the kind of downturn of their results, considering actually at the start of the season, they looked um, like they may actually do something this season. Yeah, just um, uh, pretending I've done my research on Birmingham before the podcast as I frantically load the league table. Um <laughs> They, to be honest with you, I I didn't realise they'd uh, they'd fallen quite as much as they had. Um, so yeah, they well they've lost three on the bounce, four out of the last five. So um, that's surprising. I I I'm thinking that we probably that is because what I was going to say about the old uh, the after the Lord Mayor's show thing. The good thing about it is it's never long lasting with us. It normally is only the game yeah. after a derby win that we seem to just completely not turn up for. And then we're back to it. So I was anticipating the Birmingham being the one. Now I'm looking at it thinking that it could well be the one um, that we kick up and, uh, and and we get back to it if if it doesn't if it goes pear shaped on Wednesday night. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it we we're going up to um, we're going up to Birmingham for that one. So it, it you know it should be a it should be a good uh, a good afternoon. It's 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 fairly local for us, so it's um it's one of the ones we probably take a good crowd to, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I've no idea how the game's going to go. It obviously depends how we react on Wednesday. I'd imagine there'll be a few late um, tickets sold in that away end after Sunday's game. People uh, again high on the momentum from the derby. Um, Steve, there are some clubs that just have these kind of recurring problems season after season that they just can't shake. And Birmingham's problem for years has been their inability to score. They've they've been quite tough to beat, you know, tough to break down. But but they've never been a team really that scores a lot of goals, and they usually rely on one maybe two players to to really carry carry the rest of the team in goal scoring. Um, again, early in the season, it looked like maybe this was changing. Um, 
they they beat Luton away 5 0 earlier on in the season, but no goals in their last five games. Again, very, very Cardiff like. Um, it's yeah, it looks once again like that old habit for Birmingham of not being able to find the back of the net is um, is, is returning. Yeah, it was interesting as you were saying that. I was um, I was literally just looking at Birmingham's results, and as you say, I mean they've because um, I, I was surprised to see we're actually now above them in the table, so it shows how much of a downturn they've had, doesn't it? Um, I'm glad it's not just me who was completely caught on the west that this has this happened to Birmingham. Yeah, I, I, I saw a new Birmingham man being, they started well and they, they tailed off slightly, but I didn't realise just how much it was. And um, like you said, the fact they haven't sold in the last five, it's quite staggering. I mean, they lost 3 0 at Peterborough um, about a month ago. I mean, that's a bad result. And I think they bought them, aren't they? So, um, yeah, um, I mean, as you say, Birmingham have been a funny one, haven't they, really, in the last few years? I mean, they had a nice little spell when. Gary Rowett was there, and obviously they booted him out, and that went badly. And and since then, really, they they've been quite a struggling team. I mean, they they could have gone down really a couple of times. Um, to be fair, Lee Bobby had a nice reaction when he went in there. I thought they played quite well against us around um, the April time. I think the last time we played them, but um, yeah, they as you say, I mean, they've got the likes of Djukovic up front, haven't they? Um, I've never rated him, which obviously means he'll get the winner now on the weekend, but um. Yeah, they're, they're a funny one, really, um, Birmingham, aren't they? Because they never seem to do much. I mean, it's a long time ago now that they like went out of the Premier League and they, they've never really looked like um, going back there at all. They, in general, they are now boy, with classes as a bottom half team. They always seem to be, you know, in between probably about 16th and 20th. And they never really do a lot, do they? And, um, you know, after what was a promise at the start, they've, they're back down there again now, aren't they? So they'll, uh, yeah, they, they need to... Uh, pick up a result soon I would say and Matt I mean you know we, we spoke about West Brom West Brom's almost a bit of a free hit because of where they are on the table but against a team like Birmingham it is important actually isn't it that we that we build on the Cardiff result and actually make sure that we beat the teams that are struggling down the bottom it's not something we've done you know massively well so far this season Cardiff aside um, but you know you, you, you'd, you'd hope that with the renewed confidence that we can go away to a struggling club like Birmingham um, and, you know, get come, come away with at least a point. Yeah, um, it would be easy to say we struggled on the road um, this season, but I suppose um, we've only had two wins at home. So it's not as if we've, uh, we've exactly been, you know, chalk and cheese either or. So, um, yeah, it's, it's two one home to away wins at the moment, isn't it? But I think... It's getting the formula right. And I, I think Russell Martin will be the first to admit that there's going to have to be um, different... Well, I don't even know if that's true. He's very he's very set in his ways, isn't he? Whether that's uh, you know necessarily a, a strength or a weakness, that'll be debated to the end of time. Um, I quite like it, but at the same time, I sat here last week and said maybe we should have put uh, Cabango on Mitrovic rather than Norton. And and um and he he did the same to Kiefer Moore uh yesterday, which I was surprised about. Um but it it, it worked. So it shows that I don't know anything really and he does. So no, from my point of view, he's um he's 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 set in his ways. But I have seen sometimes this season where you go into teams that are pressing us high and teams that aren't pressing us high and we're playing the same way. And you do find that sometimes we come unstuck. Um, so we need, I would have said, oh, maybe we need a different plan. But I don't think Russell Martin is in for that at all. I think he wants us to be so good at plan A that that, that it beats both sets of teams, really. Um, so, yeah, we have struggled against teams that, uh, you know, are down the bottom half of the table. And... Um, and perhaps struggle to impose ourselves as well as not get the results. Um, so we, we, you know, we do well to halt that uh, run of form. Um, but what do you do? What, what would you do, Gitto? I mean, in terms of the way he plays, do you stick with a, um, a, a Corey Smith, Matt Grimes, Flynn Downs, or do you shove uh, Olivier and Cham in there? Do you go for it against teams Chams. against Birmingham, or do you do you go more reserved? I think if, if Incham is fit, I think he has to start. I, I'm still not a big fan of Smith in that position. If Incham's fit, you know, 
get him in the team. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a Rolls Royce player. Um, and then, of course, we talk about Michael Obafemi as well, which is another one. He didn't he didn't make the squad. I think Russell Martin lied to us, Gitto. We have to make this clear. He lied to us when he, he said he had a fully available squad. He lies a lot. He, really he lied to us lie before and he's lied to us again. I'm not having it. He's going to be more trust. honest with me in future. But Never, uh, tr- never trust any <laughs> Russell Martin. No, I, I, you know, he's, he's, got a, he's got a nice problem to have because a lot of us have said Ncham behind Obafemi and Pirot could be lethal. It could be. And then you've got Jamie Patterson who's in the form of his life. So how do you leave that guy out? You can't. So, you know, you, you're looking at the team and you're thinking, right, okay, he's got some nice problems, but do you just play the one way or do you look to mix it up and maybe play two up top, one game and, you know, one one in the hall? Uh, you know, he's got a nice problem there, but he, he looks like he wants to play one way and one way only. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as well how he manages fitness over the coming weeks. You know, you can't play every game with the intensity that we played against Cardiff. It's going to be fascinating to see. Let's finish off the pod with a prediction. Steve, you go first this time. Are we going to get three points from St Andrews? Um, I'm not sure we'll get three points, but I think we'll get something. So I'm going to go for my standard one-all draw. Nice. Matt? Um. We are going to, yeah, no, I agree with Steve. I think I think one all for this one. It makes a change for me being the most positive one. I think we'll get a one 0 win away at Birmingham. Why not? That's you know we're we're, cru- we're cruising after the after the derby. <laughs> I, I yeah, that's that's three massive wins on the bounce. That is, we'd be yeah. playoffs, and we are near enough if that happens. Absolutely, you know, get get the got the double decker bus out drive the garage already. We've got this league wrapped up by February. Don't you worry. That's what a Derby Day win does to you, man. You're thinking, you know, wild possibilities. We may very well come down to earth with a bump after West Brom bully us on Wednesday. But for the time being, let's just enjoy it. Um, really sorry that we haven't had our usual crisp voices, but uh, you can blame uh, Jamie Patterson, Joel Pirro and uh, Jake Bidwell for that. Hopefully, the next time we record, we will have our voices back intact. But until then, thank you very much for listening to us.